Good morning, everyone. It is the 12th of April. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Niall McDonnell and Pelas Trataki. Well, equity markets continued their positive form last week, taking their cue from the US Federal Reserve. The minutes from their last meeting show that Fed governors are fairly sanguine about inflation, believing any rebound will not be sustained. And for them, the focus remains unemployment back at pre-pandemic levels and no thought of interest rate hikes until then. This brought on something of a rally in the US Treasury markets, Nile. Good morning, Orna. Yes, indeed. So US Treasury yields came down from the highs of the previous week. So the US 10-year point, which is a key metric that most market participants look to get a sense of the broad gauge of interest rate levels. So that came down six basis points. That's 0.6% to 1.66%. So we've had a slight pause in the reflation trade. Speaking on Thursday before the International Monetary Fund, Jerome Powell, he stressed that the global economy would remain fragile until the pandemic is brought under firm control. You know, like what we're seeing in Europe is widespread lockdowns been reimposed and a slow rollout of vaccinations. But in the US, he commented that the recovery remains, quote, uh, uneven and incomplete. I think from their side of things, the Federal Reserve messaging is really trying to keep a lid on market expectations for higher interest rates. They don't want to see a reoccurrence of what we experienced in 2013 with this taper tantrum with a sharp rise higher and will ultimately will send gyrations across all markets, both equity and bonds, through higher interest rates. They keep reiterating that they will remain accommodative in their monetary policy, so pushing out when they're going to begin hiking interest rates, not talking about stopping their asset purchases programs and ultimately keeping them in place. I think from from move higher in interest rates, we really need to see some actual inflation. And Fed Chairman Powell has mentioned that, that they want to see tangible proof that inflation is actually beginning to be factored in. With that in mind, I think all eyes are going to be on the Tuesday release of the US Consumer Price Index. That's the price index, the inflation for March, which we're expecting to see a significant jump. The number will largely be distorted by the huge slump in figures at the outbreak of the pandemic. But I think that's the first kind of sign we're looking for in terms of tangible proof that we are getting some inflation. Yes, and the markets very much took the Fed's message on board, it seems there. It struck a chord with them. Did this have an impact then on the US tech sector, which hasn't enjoyed rising bond yields this year? Excellent point, Lauren. And yes, this did help. So we've seen then last week the technology heaven NASDAQ composite. So that outperformed the broad market, the S&P 500, and some of the large tech names generally outperformed. What we're seeing in the market markets is that this, what you would call longer duration growth stories. So some of these tech names like Twilio, cloud computing, and a lot of the COVID winners, they're responding positively when yields fall. So it's uh, quite a nice scenario if you hold both US government bonds and tech stocks because both of them produce positive returns hand in hand. It's quite a win-win there. If we move to the ESG or the environmental, social and governance arena, where interest continues to be strong, Pella BlackRock announced their biggest ever ETF launch. That's right, Lorna. Institutional investors have put $1.25 billion into a new fund aimed at identifying the winners from the transition to a low-carbon world. And that was the largest ETF launch ever, underscoring the surging demand for ESG products. The BlackRock U.S. Carbon Transition Readiness Fund began trading on Thursday last week, eclipsing the previous largest ETF listing, which was incidentally also an ESG offering. 
And the way this fund is going to work is companies are graded for their carbon transition readiness. Those deemed to have a better score will be overweighted versus the index. That's very interesting. Now, looking at the week ahead, we have a raft of data, not least import-export data from China, possibly showing the impact of these logdowns we've been hearing about in the global supply chain. We also have industrial production data from the world's major economies. Now, you mentioned the CPI data in the US. Any other highlights for you? Yes, one of the key releases this week is U.S. retail data. So it's an important gauge of the strength of uh, the U.S. consumer whose spending makes up about two thirds of total U.S. economic output. So that is out on Thursday and will be telling in that has the stimulus payments that have reached the stimulus checks for $1,200 that reached American households in March, has the sense sales jumping again as they had fallen in February. There's a previous experience in Japan years ago where they tried to send stimulus checks to generate inflation, but the Japanese are prolific savers and they actually banked all the cash and didn't spend it. So there was no impact to consumer sales, but analysts are confident that they will see a bounce back and that these stimulus checks have been put into, you know, for general sales and consumption. Be interesting to see if that helicopter money experiment works better in the US than it did in Japan. We also have China's first quarter GDP, and that's expected to show quite a dramatic bounce from last year's COVID struck first quarter. Yes, very interesting, Lorna, in that there's a lot. Economists were polled by Bloomberg, expectancy report on Friday that the Chinese economy expanded over 18% in the first quarter compared to the same period in 2020. A year on from the start of the pandemic, China's growth reflects, you know, the country's speedier recovery and also its ability to, you know, better manage the lockdowns and deal with the pandemic. It'll be an interesting week ahead. Thank you both very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lorna.